Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Love to you, church, as we dive into the Word of God in just a moment. Uh, but first, I asked my son, Levi, who's our youngest, he's 12. I said, hey, buddy, just before I come in and share the Word with C3 Awaken City uh, today, well, what, what should I tell them at the start? What should I say? And he said, engage. And I was like, wow, that's actually, uh, that's way better than what I thought was going to come out <laughs> of his mouth. So, uh, so let's engage today with the Word of God. Let's engage. And then he said, Dad, I hope it's good. Uh, now, now God's Word will be good. My delivery, well, you probably hope that's good as well, uh, as do I. So it's all good. Let's, let's, uh, let's go there in just a second. But first, I want to go out on a limb and ask, uh, has anyone here ever been weary? Um, duh. Uh, Weary or emotionally fatigued? Has anyone here ever lost heart, been discouraged? And I think if you have a heartbeat, you're, you're probably answering yes to, uh, to both of those. My hand is up. I was in NZ recently. I'm a Kiwi originally, and I think I'm in good company here, right? There's a few Kiwis in, in the house. And... Uh, so we're over there with our, our fam. It's our kids are 12, 14, 16. And uh, we were ro- uh, whitewater rafting on the, the Tongariro River. And that was a beautiful, glorious family moment. That, that's wonderful. And in life, we have those wonderful moments. But when we're feeling weary and when we're losing heart, that's not so wonderful. It's a bit harder to rejoice in in those moments, and real life has both, doesn't it? Both extremes, uh, real life, and I'm sure we've all had plenty. And Ecclesiastes reminds us that there is a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, a time to dance. There's a time for sorrow and a time for joy. And sometimes they're all happening at once, all in one place. And and maybe today it's going to be a little like that for so many um, with mixed emotions. And the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans paraphrased in the message and I'll read from chapter five just quickly here before we hit our actual message for today. And he says, we continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience or perseverance in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue or character, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we open our hearts to You here today. We thank You that together we've just been able to worship, to honour You already in this service. And and as we come to Your Word today, we open our hearts and we pray, Lord, that by Your grace, You would pour into us again through Your Holy Spirit. Lord, that whether someone is here today and they are passionate on the mountaintop or whether they're feeling weary and 
discouraged and and have lost heart. We thank You, Lord, that You have a specific word for each and every person, that there is strength and enabling for all as we open and receive. And so God, do Your greatest and most glorious work in our lives, that Jesus Christ would be exalted. In Your Name, Amen. Amen. Well, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, we're going to be diving in here and relentlessly bouncing around these three verses this morning. So Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, if you have a good old paper, Bible, you can go ahead, open it up on your phone. I think it's going to come up on the screen as well. And here we go. So therefore, and whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, you have to ask what it's there for. And so it refers to something previous. And so, so this, this refers to the, the 11 chapters that we have coming before Hebrews chapter 12. This doesn't just sit in isolation. It's not just dangling out there, but it, it makes sense in the context of what we see, this, this incredible letter and, and the therefore, and then just we, we see this glorious chapter 11 that, that will frame what we're about to read next. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and this refers back to chapter 11, we see these men and women of faith who gave it their best shot while there was breath in their lungs, who took a hold of the call of God and the strength of God and gave it a red hot go. And, and they now form this cloud of witnesses, as it were, cheering us on. Well, this is our time. This is our time to take a hold of the grace of God and His call and His strength. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run or progress. Let us run with perseverance, with patient enduring, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes or our attention, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him. Think about Him in detail. Let who He is and what He did flood through your mind relentlessly. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart so that you will not stay in a place where you're fatigued or sickly on the inside, where your soul is discouraged. So you're not going to stay in that place because we'll consider and see something of who Jesus is. And so here in these three verses, we we have this, this, this athletic imagery that is being painted by the writer of Hebrews here. The Christian pilgrimage is cast as this long distance race. Some of us appreciate that imagery. Some of us would rather some other imagery uh, as we're we're not too into long distance racing. Uh, But there's there's one word here that I wanna pick up on and it's the word perseverance. 
Perseverance. It's always a crowd favourite. Perseverance. It's a bit like dry wheat bix uh, I just love those things. Just don't go down so easy, do that. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Perseverance, it sounds nice. When you go to live it, it's, it's, not, it's not so nice. Like who woke up this morning and your prayer was, God, would you release opportunities in my life where I could grow in perseverance? God, would you release trial and difficulty and all sorts of challenge? So that perseverance would be built. Like who woke up and that was your natural prayer just rolling? No. So in 1999, give me a wave if you weren't born yet. 1999. Hey, good young people. In 1999, I was a 23-year-old lover of all things extreme. And I heard on the radio about this competition called World to Your Hurl. And so it was a competition where 24 people from around Australia got put on a roller coaster in Sydney's Wonderland and whoever could stay on it the longest was going to win 20 grand. I thought, that sounds all right. As a self-employed carpenter, thought if, if it takes a week or two, I'm winning. Like I don't earn that much money back in, back in those days. And, and uh, so I'm like, this, this, is a, this is a good deal. So anyway, through the whole audition process and ended up getting chosen and went over. And so, so then you're sitting on the roller coaster. So, so two seats next to each other by 12 seats. So 24 seats on the carriage. And so I was in the second row from the back. And so you sit down, everyone's excited. And, and so then off we go. And so you're chugging along. It was the, the longest timber roller coaster in the Southern Hemisphere and just rattly. Okay, so, and so you're, you're rattling along, shaking, laughing. Oh, this is so awesome. It didn't stay awesome. So one lap, yay, two laps, woo. And then 10 laps, the cheers weren't quite as loud. Uh, 20 laps and yeah, uh, wee. And then it comes to the first night and the ride stopped at nine o'clock at night, but you had to sleep in your chair. Now the chairs you are on are luxury, luxury what you're sitting on now compared to just hard plastic. Okay, hard plastic. My knees were touching the seat in front and the chair came just halfway up your back. Now, you think sleeping on a plane is difficult. This was, uh, this was next level discomfort. And so first night, six people decided that this was the end of their world to their hurl journey. No longer continuing. And, you know, perseverance doesn't start until discomfort does. Perseverance doesn't start until discomfort does. After two weeks, another 12 people called it quits and there were six of us left. Now you weren't going, wee, when you're going around the corners, you're like, here we go again. <laughs> around and I'd only been married three months. Now I was missing out on <laughs> time at home and hard work and stuff. <laughs> Perseverance must embrace comfort, discomfort. <laughs> Perseverance must embrace discomfort. Awesome. Love this message. So run with perseverance the race marked out for you. 
Run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. So perseverance doesn't exist without discomfort. It's not a thing until discomfort has arrived and said, hello. Then we get the choice to start persevering. After three weeks, there were four of us left. Four of us left. The body didn't quite feel normal. Uh, sleeping a couple hours each night and relentless motion. And, and the engineers who had, who had developed the ride didn't think it was possible for a human body to withstand more than two weeks up the back of the ride where the front would go over and then the back would rattle and shake and, and it's just we're, we're not built to live like that. So after, after a month, uh, we... Now it's working out the money, going, this isn't working out so good, but it's kind of pressure to stay. And uh, we used to have health checks twice daily. Um, and so I had a health check and, and I actually had an irregular heartbeat. Uh, that it was, it was, the motion was banging my heart out of proper rhythm. And so I remember when they said, you have to, you're disqualified, you have to get off. And you know when you watch these reality shows on TV and you're like, why are they so emotional? Like they're crying and so I get off the ride. I'm <laughs> like, it was the weirdest thing. It's like my whole world evaporated as I stepped off this, off this roller coaster. And so then as you do, I went on all the other rides in Wonderland because uh, you've been watching. It's like torture just looking at all these other rides, which were way better than the Bush Beast. And uh, got to go on, on those. But here's the thing, even after you've persevered, doesn't always end up like you hoped. I wanted to win that thing. I didn't want Steve from New South Wales and Rosa from Adelaide to win that competition after 39 days. I wanted to win it after two weeks. Didn't happen like that. And we can't control everything. And, you know, the last few years, what we've seen across our globe has certainly reminded us that we cannot control everything. But there are certain things within our scope of control that God has graciously given the ability to dive into. And one of those is this determination to be a people who will persevere. And there are people sitting here today and you have persevered much and for many decades. And I honour you for what you have done serving the Lord in all the capacities that you have. And there is a mission, there is a mandate that comes to us here and now as the people of God to be a people who would make a choice to engage with His grace, His goodness, His call and be these people who would run the race marked out for us with perseverance. Running with perseverance this race because perseverance isn't a gift, it's a choice. It's not a gift, but it's a, it's a choice. Now, I think it's important to also note to run the race marked out for you. Run your race. Your race. Not the person sitting next to you. Not me, me, not you. Run your race. Your race. Don't run Gary's race. You cannot have hair as cool. Where is Gary? Just shake that thing again. That was... Oh, nice. It's beautiful. Don't run Kane Hayes race. It will probably kill you. You may not call, be called to be one of the fittest people in the galaxy. Run your race. God loves you 
which is why He made you to be you and gloriously every day shape more and more into the image of Christ you, not not hanging our dysfunction as a banner and, and being stuck in a, in a prison where we've, we've kind of taken a hold of some disposition and said, this is me and, and I'm stuck here. But to allow Christ into the middle of everything, the beauty and the mess, to continually take us on this glorious redemption journey where we are formed and transformed into the image of Christ more and more. But that we're alive running our race, your race. And so whether your race is building or baking, managing or making, giving or leading, encouraging or reading, reaping or seeding. Whether your race looks more like coaching or caring, giving or cut herring. And I know that should be hair cutting, but it didn't rhyme. <laughs> Whether your race is more like adding or aligning, saving or signing, thinking or throwing, speaking or sowing, marching or mowing. Run your race. Run your race, whether it's fashioning or financing, counselling or compliancing, whether it's teaching or timing, rhythm or rhyming, run your race and allow God to fan into flame the gifts that He has put inside of you that this world needs. See the glory of God alive in you and I. And so let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Run your race, run your race. And so we have to be freed from comparisons. Freed from comparisons. And this is not easy, but <clears throat> let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us throw off the comparison that hinders, where we belittle what God's put in us because we think it should look more like them. Let us throw off that comparison that hinders. Now, now a picture, if you want to throw, then you got to put some, you got to like put some pressure and some energy into that. Not let's play around with the comparison that hinders. Let's massage it. Let's, let's knead it, put it in the oven and bake it and then eat the comparison that hinders. But throw that thing. Get rid of that comparison so you can run your race and be joyfully alive in what God has called you to do. Throw that thing. Throw that thing. I just got to, I feel like I need to throw it, but it, that won't be good. You just got to... Throw, throw that thing. So if there's, if compassion, sorry, if comparison is like stifling some of the grace of God that's in you, throw that thing. Get rid of that ugly work of the enemy that comes at all of us. In our social media driven world, it is so easy where God's doing something great in us, but we see what looks like, oh, this amazing over, and then we feel bad about what's going. We've got to embrace the goodness and grace of God in our world so we can run our race. So run your race with perseverance. Now, now what's so critical about perseverance? is we have to ask ourselves, why? 
why would I actually want to persevere right now? Like if we can't answer the why, then there's no point pushing through the pain. There's got to be a why that's going to drive us through the discomfort where perseverance lives. And so what's, what's the why? And so let's come back again. Let's, let's read through these verses. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes, our attention on Jesus. This is where we're going to find some fuel for our race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him, think deeply about Him who endured such opposition from sinners, such sinful opposition, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have to answer the why. And so why would we push through the discomfort and keep going? Why would there be a a sense of perseverance that we would live with? Because Jesus is worthy. Because Jesus came and gave His life for us. Because He's the one who endured the cross, scorning its shame, taking away the penalty of death that was ours on our behalf. He's the one who pioneered and perfected our faith. Who's the one? He's the one who started your faith journey and will empower you until its point of completion. He's the one that while we were still sinners, He died for us. And so as we keep Him in focus, as you keep Jesus in focus, as we fix our eyes on Him, as we consider and think deeply about who He is and, and the implications of what He's done and what that means for our everyday, as we go there intentionally day by day by day by day, then there is naturally a motivation that stirs within us through the power of the Spirit for us to be a people who would persevere, who would weather the storms, who would find a strength that goes beyond our human strength to live a life that goes beyond what we could have hoped for or dreamt for, that is filled with greater challenges than we would have known, but is filled with greater victory than we could ever have seen. And so this is the journey that Jesus calls you and I on. And so it is imperative that we, verse 2, fix our eyes on Jesus. That we, verse 3, that we consider Him, consider Christ. So that, man, we have power to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Consider Christ. Think out thoroughly all Jesus has done and push repeat on that. When we wake up in the morning, think out thoroughly all Jesus has done. Push repeat on that through the day. So it's two of the best habits we can build is to deeply ponder Jesus as revealed in Scripture each day. This is how we consider Christ, how we fix our eyes on Him. One of the greatest things we can do is to deeply ponder Jesus as revealed in Scripture each day. One of the next best things we can do is to discuss that with someone we're doing life with. And if we can build these habits into how we do life, then there is a power. I'll quickly read Dallas Willard in, in Renovation of the Heart. He says, We must thoughtfully take in God's Word dwell upon it, 
ponder its meaning, explore its implications. Five or 10 minutes of that in the morning, what power that can let into our lives. The process of spiritual formation in Christ is one of progressively replacing destructive ideas with the ideas of Jesus Himself. Thinking clearly is to take the information of Scripture into a mind directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit and to pursue the truth with the resolute intention of living it out. And after God has given us new life, we can and must begin to take the initiative in progressively reshaping our thought life, which is letting this live in there. So this week, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for you to deeply ponder Jesus revealed in Scripture each day? What does that look like this afternoon, tomorrow morning, to consider Christ? What does it look like to then turn that into a discussion at some stage through the week and talk about Jesus revealed in Scripture as we consider Him, as we fix our eyes on Jesus? So wonderful people. There is a call that comes out to each one of us, to each one of you today to run with perseverance the race marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. There is a call that echoes through the centuries to run with perseverance the race marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus and, and for us to make this decision together that while there is breath in our lungs, before we one day join that great cloud of witnesses, that we will be a people who would run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So first thing in the morning, hmm, I'm going to run with perseverance. This race marked out for me. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus today. It's not about my feelings. This is about a call of God that echoes through the centuries and comes to me in the here and now. That when, when you're bursting with passion, I'm going to run with perseverance. The race marked out for me, fixing my eyes on Jesus. When you've had the worst moment, that on our knees and with tears down our face, we could say, oh, somehow, would you help me, God, to fix my eyes on you? I'm making an internal decision that I don't feel right now, but I'm choosing that I'm going to run with perseverance this race marked out for me, fixing my eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of my faith. When we're dreaming about the future, when we're looking at rising interest rates, when we've got all sorts of hopes or fears that there would be this determined decision inside the people of God that is resolute, that says, I will run with perseverance, the race marked out for me, knowing there are brothers and sisters who are running with me. We're cheering each other on. We're doing this for the glory of God and we are fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's the perfect one. He is the author. He's the, the beginner 
and the finisher of our faith journey. And so Lord, would you help us? We just wanna open our hearts before you here and say, God, we're not so good at doing this all the time. That we need a movement of your spirit again and again and again to form your passion deep inside us. And so God, here in this house today, here in each and every one of our hearts, we we present ourselves before You as these living sacrifices saying, God, would You do something inside of us that shapes us for Your glory? Lord, would there be a power that comes from heaven? God, that forms us into that person that we know You've called us to be, but we can be pretty good at not being that person sometimes. And so we're not gonna hide, we're not gonna pretend. We're gonna come real before you, coming as our real selves and say, God, help me. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I'm persevering, but I'm taking a few too many seats on the bench. And so I invite you into the middle of that space, the middle of that tension, that wrestle. And God, I believe that you are doing miracles in me for your glory. And I'm choosing, I'm making a resolute decision again today that I'm gonna run with perseverance the race that you have marked out for me. And my eyes, my attention, my focus will be fixed on Jesus. My Jesus, our Jesus, we honour you in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.